I I might be now. Okay. I mean, th there was a. Okay. So the deodorant so I use is, is Old Spice. So Fiji. pre Fiji. If there was pre -Fiji. A, Fiji came out when the in the original one. Um, it was right. one of the original releases. I can't remember what the other one was, but it it was amazing, and it was only around for like six months, and then just like slowly, every single place that I went to, just stopped carrying it. And nobody mm -hmm. knows why. And I don't remember the name anymore. Like, yeah. I, I don't, um, I, I, I can't remember what it's called. I, I'd probably have to look it up. What was it? Which one do you use? Timber? I use Timber. It's got a hint of mint. That one's, that one's a manlier smell. Like, the, 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 the Fiji. Man as fuck. The, man as fuck. The Fiji one I have is, it smells like palm trees. Okay. And That's fair. It's it's um it's not overbearing, so it's it's what I uh, I'm... mine's not overbearing. I, I didn't say it was. What do you mean? I'm well, that's you implied. I, I might have or... maybe you whatever the word tops of apply and implied did. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day at work, so. Dude, I I understand. What's I've it? been streaming all day, and like, it's just Sunday is my big like, make stuff day. Yeah. Or like. Dance monkey dance in front of the in front of the kind people. Yeah, and um, so that's what I've been doing all day. And then, so I not only I think I did like six or seven hours today mm -hmm. on stream, and then took an hour and a half off, and hung out with Jenny for a bit, and then started Planet Destiny podcast. Got done around nine. Didn't get off the phone call with Nim because he, he and I enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Not saying that. Not saying that everybody, everybody on the podcast doesn't enjoy everybody's company, but it's it's usually like he and I hanging out at the end. Yeah. Uh. So we were just kind of chatting it up a little bit, and then didn't get done with that until like nine twenty. I actually, yeah. So, uh, I I turned in. Um. I had it up. And then. Yeah. Took a shower, and by the time I got out of my shower, you guys were done. So yeah, I didn't really actually listen to any of it because I didn't have my headphones on. But I saw you guys; you you were there. <laughs> yeah, we did the thing. We showed up. It, it kind of it kind of brings me into the one of the first questions I was going to talk to you about. So okay, hi, I, I, I'm Peter, and this is the Pump Pod, and this is episode hi, Peter. seven. With my name's Dan. Dan. This is Dan Finity right here. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so you you are um of content creators and most of the people that I, I'm having on the pod are obviously Destiny content creators. That's where I spend most of my time. Right. Um, same. You are probably one of the most prolific um <laughs> content creators that we have in Destiny because I don't okay. think that a lot That's of people very know. Kind of you to say. You've got very kind of technically you've got three podcasts. And two streams, because I'm kind of including Destiny, uh, Planet Destiny, in both of those. Yeah, that's that's a podcast and it's a stream well, as well. Yeah, and okay, and starting in October, like October 14th, I'll be I'll be streaming on Mondays okay. to the channel again because I kind of missed it. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got Side Quest Sunday. Yeah, which is currently on hiatus. Mm -hmm. And you've got Destiny Digest. Yes. 
And then you have, of course, your own Twitch stream. Yes. Is there anything else that you're doing that you're hiding from me that I don't know about? Uh, so, secret, not so secretly, I'm writing songs. Okay. I, I, I knew about that prior because we had talked about this um, whenever yeah. we had met before and, you know, just at the end of, in, in yeah, passing at the end of and stuff. Um, yeah. Because I actually listened to the to the one song like months ago that I think that you have on Bandcamp that you released with a uh, it was like an Indiana compilation like album. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I used to be in a band called Bonesetters, mm-hmm. and we were recording an album at the time that that was released. Um, it never got that album never got released, but that song did. Um, I enjoyed for, the song. Well, thanks. I'll I'll have to send you the the rest of the album, just to kind of listen through. I have I have a link that I send to people occasionally, but I'm like, is this good? Should we actually release it? Um, but normally, so it we were recording it in our. It, so at the time of the release of the recording of that, we were doing it all in the in our garage. That doesn't sound like a garage recording at all. No, it sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. I mean, yeah, well, I'm, um, I'm assuming that you probably is... that was probably tracked separately or did you guys were you guys all playing live then? Uh It's a mixture. Cuz I, I It's assume, a mixture of both. Maybe played uh, probably like bass and drums together but mic differently or So initially when we did the demos for everything it was a hold on, sorry, I'm getting a weird thing. Ooh. Okay. Is it a good, right, cool. is it a good weird? It's something. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> um but <laughs> so we um we initially when we demoed the album, which was slated to be called Deep Time, um it was we recorded all together. And then Drew then took those as like just the examples for how things should go. Mm-hmm. That was our bassist. He's also like a really awesome engineer. He engineered several like um, local uh, Indianapolis bands, mm-hmm. including like Joshua, uh, Sloth Pop, Ever Thus the Deadbeats. Um, I forget there were a couple of other projects here and there, but um, so he was recording it all in our garage, and Cody, our drummer, then recorded separately, and everybody else kind of like did things on their own time. So if Sam, our guitar guitarist slash keyboardist, was available he would put in like a couple of hours or like if I needed to put in some time for like guitar lines, I would do that or vocals. Like it was all kind of like together um, in like a close space of time. It took us months because <laughs> like everybody has different schedules and stuff. Yeah. But like it was kind of a hodgepodge of when you could get somebody scheduled in. He did Cody's stuff first. Cause that's like, that's the engine. Yeah. And then the bass is the belt that 
keeps the whole thing running together, right? Mm-hmm. And then every other piece is just kind of a accoutrement, yeah. really. Like, guitar lines are guitar lines. Um, vocals, while important, are just hot air. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, it's like it all kind of came together over the period of several months. And the funny thing, do you know who the De- Decemberists are? Yes. Okay. Weird fucking thing. Um, this was around the time when they were trying to do the religious, the RFRA Act in Indianapolis or right. in Indiana, yeah. where it would be the Religious Freedom Reclamation Act or something like that, mm-hmm. I believe it was called. And it was all around that whole story of this guy didn't want to bake cakes for people because they were gay. Yeah. And that that was the fire starter for it. And local businesses started putting stickers in their windows saying, hey, we are a place where anybody can buy anything. We are proud, proudly available to every human being on the face face of the planet, regardless of your gender, your sex, your orientation, the whole the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got contacted. It was the weirdest email that I received while in the band. And I received some weird stuff in my time. <laughs> but it was, we got contacted, I want to say by the banjo player for the Decemberists. Hmm. And he was like, hey, we're, we're going to do this thing. Um, I like he produced like Leghorn Slim and a couple of other like bigger bands outside of like Decemberists and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we're going to do this thing. I have roots in Indiana and we think that shit is bullshit. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to come out like we're going to put together a compilation of like 12 artists. We want you to be a part of it. And we're going to put it out and all of the funds are going to go fight the RFRA. Okay. And so I was like, oh, fucking cool. Yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds really rad. Um, Because it already had like, he was like, it's already got some traction with like Rolling Stone. We we're going to have a story about it the whole line. Um, I don't know where along the line they ended up dropping out of it. But it then got picked up by, I was working at a record label called Joyful Noise mm-hmm. uh, off and on for years, just sending out stuff in their warehouse. And they picked it up and they added like, like Sonic Youth, like Thurston Moore from the Sonic Youth yeah. and like a bunch of different artists man like it was insane and that got covered by rolling stone too so like every artist had like a lathe special lathe print cut of their song like individual copies that you could pre-order and you got the full like digital copy free if you pre if you purchased a lathe cut record it was so weird it was really cool really weird to be a part of um but it also was tied in with little bub the cat, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was wondering, because I saw the cat thing, because it's not something... Yeah. That, whenever I saw the, uh, the artwork, and it's like, you know, 50 stars and, and a cat. Yeah. Mike Brodowski, the uh, owner of Russian Recording down in Bloomington, mm-hmm. um, Indiana, he owns Little Bub. Okay. And, or, like, Little Bub found him. And so... He was heavily involved in this, and they he's worked closely with Joyful Noise in the past. 
to the point where little bub has an album has like a, a really awesome album <laughs> that, that you can go and check out um and it's it's like electronica and it's chiptune and it's 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 really cool and uh but he, yeah he put together a band of like blooming bloomington folk and they made a band for little bub and little bub was like the spear ch- the the <laughs> the head of the spear on that one it, it's just nuts man it's really cool um that that song got to be a part of it um but yeah that's a, that's a so. really interesting tidbit it's, it's i don't remember my life has seen i don't remember like so reading faces. about that i just remember the 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 album cover and like reading yeah. the name of it. I don't remember any reading any backstory into this. That's really interesting. Dude, yeah, and like my life, I've done so many different things. Like I started out wanting to be like a comic book illustrator, and then like dropped out of dropped out of two art schools, much to the chagrin of my parents. <laughs> Went, then jumps headfirst into bands. Yeah. Did that for man, like 12, 13 years. Mm-hmm. And then like streaming came into my life. And like I making making stuff for the internet has then like taken over. So how did how did like how did you go from like the like the bands? That's a very um you have to be you can do that online. But if you're in a band, you actually have to have, you know, some of the organic like IRL like interaction with people. And, you you know, if you're going to play with them, because obviously I know you did play, you yeah. guys toured like, yeah. how did you go from, was it just like, did you have like bad experiences with like managers, like events, or was it just like team, like band members just like, eh, we're not really getting along that well. And then you kind of just were like by yourself and you're like, I have these hands that can do shit and I want to do something, <laughs> you know? Well, I don't like it's a little bit of it's a little bit of a lot of things. It's we had Bonesetters had been a band for 10 years. Um and it had survived a lot of like little nuances here and there. Like we survived our first record was supposed to be put out on a label and then that label folded and then we had to crowdfund to get the album put out. And then the second album was put out on a label. Uh, and then the third one never was. Although, like, we were kind of courting around with that. We had booking agents. We had two different booking agents uh, a lot in our time. We were, we were all still pretty good friends um, yeah. at the end of it. I don't see them all that much anymore. I, I see Drew, our bassist, probably the most out of all of them. Because everybody else kind of went went and did their own thing like Cody and, and Sam went and joined joined a band called Bye Bye out of Indianapolis okay. uh, Drew doesn't do music anymore but he like we, we hang out quite a bit because we were like pretty close when before we had a van we had two two cars <sighs> and Drew and I I could fit everything I have a Mercury Grand Marquis yeah and I could fit three quarters of the band's gear in that Mercury Grand Marquis and the other car that we had was a Prius. <laughs> <laughs> and like Sam, that was Sam's car and he could only fit his stuff in there. So it was like, okay, you fit your stuff in there. I'll fit the drums, the bass, the bass amp, all my shit. We'll throw it out on the car. 
and we'll tour we'll we'll go around that way and drew and i always ended up like hanging out way into the night he would either be driving home or i'd be driving home because the other one was drunk (laughs) (laughs) and like it was it was a really good time so like he and i really spent the most time out of all those years together and when i don't know so i was about to turn 30 the our tour manager had dropped us out of nowhere the album that we were shopping around we just stopped hearing back from the label that was going to that was going to put it out okay i hadn't booked any shows cuz i was depressed at the time i had been playing destiny um since like a few weeks after launch but it wasn't until like i was i was in a dad's of destiny clan and like i would start i would hit the button occasionally on mm-hmm. sundays to like do raids and stuff with the dads just so that we i could like goof off with my buddies yeah and then and so that other clan uh, other folks of our our dad's of destiny clan could like watch the hijinks happen yeah and then it went from that to like September of 2016. It's crazy to think that that's three years ago. Yeah, three years ago. Um, I was about to turn 30 on the tw- on the 24th, and I said I either want to be like I I was a smoker at the time. I had smoked for several years. And I, it's kind of a morbid, weird thought or weird thing to say. It made more sense when I thought of it than it does now looking back. But it was like, I either want to be 30 or a smoker. (laughs) And (laughs) it sounds super fucking morbid. (laughs) But so that just just feels like a, a, a really intoxicated conversation you would have with somebody. Right. Yeah, it does. But it made perfect sense to me. And that was a sober thought. That was a sober thought. You're just like, I'm going to be 30 or a smoker. (laughs) And I quit cigarettes on the 3rd of September. And on that same day, I I put together a schedule and started streaming regularly. You think that was kind of like the the starting streaming? Did it... Was it something... I don't... Did you like unconsciously do it to like have something to do so you didn't think about smoking? I think it was because at the time I was super depressed about the band falling falling apart that past summer, but we were all still roommates. And then, like, not only that and all the stuff that came with the band, but also, like, trying to quit cigarettes and having to, like, keep my hands busy and also yeah. having this thing that was, like, so fresh and new and weird. Uh, like, a lot of people didn't understand it, but, like, for me, it made perfect sense because it's just another route of performance mm-hmm. um and so that's what i put my energy into like after all of these things were kind of falling apart around me and like i was making trying to make better life decisions for myself i started putting my energy into this thing that i could drive solely by myself yes. right because yeah, i know that every single musician is it's just me being one too. Like it, you uh-huh. always have this thought of, 
I can make a whole album by myself. And you know, it's not it's not necessarily that you that you want to yeah. sit there and think and you and if you're ever like the leader of the band, like the the, the singer or the lead guitarist or anything, right. or you know, some leaders are you know bassists or or drummers, but whatever. Most of the time, yeah. it's it's the the singer, the guitarist, or a mixture of both. Um, they always have this thought in their head, like I could make a whole album by myself, like or I could right. I could direct a whole album by myself. And kind of doing the stream, you're not making, like, say a stream, one stream is an album or one stream is a song. You're not necessarily doing it all by yourself. Right. But you're like, you're you're the entertainment to the people that are watching, even though they're probably part of the music that you're making in the stream. Like, they're they're a huge part of it. Like, you're kind of directing it still. I get, see, I never looked at it as, like like, a record. I never looked at, like streaming as making an album or a record because those are very deliberate things yeah it's a much bigger compilation yeah but if you look at streaming and i know more so of because i've just been making more and more youtube videos it feels Mm -hmm. a lot like the creative process of making an album because i've done both i still do make music on my own but yeah. like doing both, like even the streaming part of it, like they, it feels really similar. It's just kind of like, like with making the sh- a live album. Yeah, it seems <laughs> like the stre- the streaming one though, like it's yeah, like in an album you you have a clear cut end, like this is it, here's the album, and you release right. it. it. It's right. it's kind of similar, and then like you know maybe going and doing the streaming is kind of performing it. I don't know. Yeah. It's a little, that analogy kind of get, that kind of loses the analogy there, but like yeah. the, the, think, the, the process more, of it feels similar. Yeah. It, I think it's more like a live album because there's energy to it. You are reciprocating a, an audience's um, energy as yeah. well. Um, and you're still having to put on a show. Yeah. Um, because regardless of if there's like four people in chat or 400, there's a reason why they're there, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because they want to be entertained by you or they want to learn something from you. Mm-hmm. And so you have to put in the exact same effort as if there's like 400 people there for. Yeah. And that's the same thing with music, with playing live shows. If you phone it in one night because there's only four people there, those four people remember that. And you probably won't be asked to play that venue again. Yeah, those four people are going to be like, those dudes like, Man, sucked. I'm not going to go. Why are, they, why are they at this X venue? Like, dude, I'm not going to watch I liked, them. I liked their album online, and they seem to have a lot of energy. But all of a sudden, yeah. like, this one they come show. to my hometown. They come to my hometown, and they stink it up. How many times have you heard, like, somebody that's like, I love X band. Like, we'll just, you know, any big band. And they went to right. one show, and whatever for whatever reason, that one show they went to, that band was awful. It could have been any mixture of reasons. Somebody was sick. Somebody wasn't there. Somebody yeah. just didn't care. Somebody was drunk. Somebody was high. Who cares? But they they remember that. Like they now they relate that yeah. to their music. After that, they're like, this album doesn't really quite. I, I still really like the album. I still really like their music, but it doesn't have the same i don't know like panache or whatever that it, right. it's missing that because of this performance that i saw them kind of like the, the the whole thing they always say like don't ever meet your idols oh yeah and it's and like you, it's I, not necessarily that person's a bad person but it's like 
you're in a public light, you know, you forget these people yeah. have everyday lives and it's like, oh, that guy was an asshole. He makes really good <laughs> movies, though. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to yeah. watch his new movie, though. Cause he yeah, was, because he's I such to, a I tried to say hi to him at Target. <laughs> but he just looked really mad to be at Target in the first place. Yeah. Um. See, like, I just, so I just went and saw Pup. Have you heard of them? Mm-mm. Okay, no, so not. they're like they're like a power punk band. Not a power punk, pop punk. I would say more pop punk. <laughs> I would say more pop pop punk. Um in in the vein of your Weezers. Okay. Um but like much better because they don't have years and years of bad decisions behind them. <laughs> um They're younger. They're younger. <laughs> they're younger. They're yeah. way younger. But so this band, they just put out an album called Morbid Stuff. And they're touring around the United States. They came to Indianapolis. And a buddy of mine, because I had turned him on to it, he had won tickets. And he was like, you know what? I got, I got an extra ticket. You want to go with me since you, you turned me on to him? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And they're, the bands that played before them, they had all been, they'd probably been on tour for like a month, right? Yeah. And... But each band gave their best, regardless of like how long they'd been doing it. And that's, and I might not have liked the music, but I can respect that ethic behind it. And like, I respect them as musicians and as, as entertainers and creators because of it. Yeah. If you have empathy for them because you kind of know what it's like. Right. Because, like, I know Indianapolis is not, like, the place to go, <laughs> right? Like, we're yeah. in between, we're in between Bloomington um, and Chicago, Chicago being the big draw place, and we're, we're a total flyover city, right? Yeah. Like, so anytime there's a major festival, we're getting blacked out because the major festival going on in Chicago says you can't play anywhere within like 200 miles for 30 days. Yeah. So the fact that they were able to make it out to the city, they were able to put on a great show regardless of how big the crowd was. Cause I've seen, they played the Marah or the, I forget what it's called now, but they played like the Egyptian room in Indianapolis, which is huge. Yeah. And I've seen that room packed out. And this was like, it was a Thursday for like, pop punk bands so yeah. they got about half the room which is, i would think is really good for a thursday yeah um and uh yeah they put on a hell of a show all of all of them did their best to put on the best show possible and that's like as going into like making stuff the idea for me is to make Whatever I'm doing is to make it the best thing possible that I that I can. Because if I'm not, if I'm not putting in a lot of effort, regardless of what I get back from it, then what's what's the use of even doing it? Exactly. This this is a question that I have for you that that I okay. I, I, I always find myself fighting myself for it and there's like you have different um, you know, qualities of your life and your health and that kind of come into this. 
um you're you're say you're a streamer i'm a streamer whoever you know this is just right. an x this is just a hypothesis um and and i always hear that you know stream as much as you can just hit the button i hear that a ton you know just no. hit it i just i hear that i hear that a lot and this is i'm yeah. not, i'm gonna say this i'm trying to preface this to try to get it um mm -hmm. to where I'm, i want to get the question for it's like just hit the button say say you don't have anything for a youtube idea you don't have anything for a podcast idea you don't have anything that you're going to do stupid on twitter to try to get attention or entertainment out for people or out of people um let's just say you're not necessarily depressed you're not ill you're just like i'm tired i don't really feel like doing it today like yeah do you think it's better to actually take that time off when you could be doing it or would it be 100%. better just just be just to do streaming you think it's to be better just to take the time off i think it's better to take the time off um and here's why <laughs> um so the past few months i was I've, and i've been kind of open about this lately mm -hmm. um past few months i've been like super number obsessed yeah, I, I remember like, I was going to ask you a, a little bit about that, so I'm glad that you brought it up so I don't have to remember to ask you about it now. Because <laughs> I, remember, I remember reading your tweets, and I thought it was a really interesting string of tweets that you had. Yeah. I became... I, I think this happens to a lot of people. I don't think it's just, like, me. And you shouldn't feel bad if it happens to you. I think I think it's a natural progression as a creator. Um when so i started looking at my numbers a lot more analytically because i looked at for for a while there i was like man it would be really good to be partnered it'd be really great to be partnered actually you mm -hmm. know what i'm gonna try to get partnered what do i need to do to get partnered do i need to take this more seriously and that thought process then led me down to taking my analytics from Streamlabs and twitch combining them together, averaging them out, creating spreadsheets that I would keep for each individual day to see what my averages per day were. Um, and then those would in break down into several different uh, graphs that I paid attention to. And if the numbers started declining, I started feeling bad about myself and, when, and that I wasn't entertaining enough and that... Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And about a month ago, like, cause I'm I, like, I'd seen a couple of my buddies kind of quit for a while, like Mega Magwitch. Yeah. Um, you met, you've met him. Yes. Um, he's such a good dude, and he loves his family very much, and but and he also like streamed for a long time. And he just was like, you know what, guys? I'm packing it in. I've got nothing interesting to say. I'd rather pack it in and do my time there than flail in front of you guys and feel like I'm failing. Mm -hmm. And so, like, ideas like that kind of enter in. It, like, entered into my mind as well. And I kind of let that... I kind of let that move my experience alongside of it right yeah so then i started paying i started like i was like i should like i want to get partnered i'm going to put my mind toward that i'm going to put everything that i have into that 
And then I just started following numbers and the numbers started to swirl around in such a way that like I was just becoming depressed about the whole process, about even getting up and trying to make stuff. And Jenny and I went went to San Diego for a week for a wedding. Um, it was the same week as Guardian Con. Yeah. And during that time, I didn't stream or do anything with Twitch or anything like content creation wise. I just kind of like sat and like I got to hang out with Jenny in a city that we didn't know and I got to appreciate my time with her a lot more and really think about like what what my end goal is and like when we got back I started doing Destiny Digest and everything and then but over the course of all this I'm still watching my numbers pretty heavily until probably probably two weeks ago Okay. Or whenever I put out that tweet. Yeah, that was roughly about a week or two ago, yeah. Week or two, yeah. And it's like, because it wasn't making me feel any better about myself, like chasing the number. And there have been days where it's just like, man, I don't want to do this. And then I'd show up and do it for like my four hours of time that I dictate. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have the energy to do it because I was depressed about the thing that I was doing. And then and then it showed in my work. It was the bad show. <laughs> like, it, was the, it was the phone-it-in show. It, just... it was a string of phone-it-in shows. And it wasn't until, like, I, like, I was like, fuck, man. I'm not enjoying myself doing this. Mm-hmm. And like doing this to myself and watching the numbers like grow and rise. I get that that's a game thing. Like the reason why you play Destiny or any looter shooter is to see the number grow, right? Yeah. And if you start trying to gamify your life and trying to gamify like your profession, then you're going to see like numbers grow and numbers like wane. But do you feel any better about yourself at the end of the day? And if your answer is yes, then cool. Rad. I'm glad that you can separate yourself out from a series of numbers personally like in all my creative endeavors i've had a really hard time doing that yeah and my enjoyment kind of waxes and wanes if i start paying a ton of attention to numbers so i just stopped and if i need time instead of like like today normally me a couple months ago would have been like it's 10 a.m I need to go live. I need to hit that button right at 10 a.m. Because that's when people know me when I'm going to come on. Mm -hmm. Today, I hit it at 1030. Because there was... Jenny made breakfast, and we ate together. And, like, there was... I just needed a little bit more time to wake up and relax before jumping in. And, like, I did a seven-hour stream and had a lot of fun doing it all day. Like, I did Borderlands, and then I did... I just kind of fucked around and deleted stuff from my vault. Yeah. And like just got rid of like mods that I don't need and like things here and here. And then like the tail end of the stream, we did private matches, like random roll private matches. Like yeah. you hit the randomized button on dim. Mm-hmm. You play rumble against however many people are in the party for like an hour and a half and you just fucking have fun and then at the end of it you don't check your numbers because you just had a lot of fun on stream 
if you know that that numbers are going to hurt your ego, which you need in order to hit the button, then why are you why look at them? Yeah, I've noticed so, that, that that whenever I get really focused on the numbers or I get really down on the numbers, yeah, it's, it's been something that I've been really like I I usually with Twitch like I don't have the viewer count up. It's never on when I'm live. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not something I care about because it's always been my mindset. You know, whether there's zero or one thousand people, I'm going to be doing the same right. thing. Obviously, I'll be reacting a lot more if there's more people in chat. But beyond the same thing, you're still going to be yourself. And if somebody randomly happens to click on your stream, they're just going to see yeah. you sitting there playing Appreciate a game. Them. Yeah. Even if you don't know they're there, like you always act like there's somebody yeah. there because there's there's going to be a ton of people that are there that are just listening that you don't even know because there's people that just won't say a single thing in chat. Yeah. Um. And like, and you know, with hosts and raids and stuff, sometimes people come over from those, and they just are there. You know. Yeah. They, like you're just kind of riding the wave. I had a really. With you. I had a really hard time the um, getting used to like hosts and raids and like how they worked on Twitch. Because mm-hmm. sometimes a lot of them come with you. It depends on the streamer who hosts you. Sometimes right. they hype up. We're going to go host Dan. Let's get it going. You know, hearts and chat, whatever. Yeah. Hype it up super bad. Sometimes they just, they don't even tell you who they're hosting. They put one link in chat and then they host. Right. And so like. So th- me. I, so like, <laughs> so like I stopped, I stopped caring. Cause like sometimes I would, I would be like, there's a host of 50 people and I didn't see a single person say a thing. And it's right. like, I can't get mad about that. I got to continue doing my shit. Like, I'm on right. my grind. If these people come in from their, that stream, that's fucking dope. All that matters is that one person that said, I'm going to host this person. I appreciate the fuck out of them. And if any of them happen to come on, that's cool too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, the, and, the, like, and you shouldn't, for me, when I send somebody over to host a raid, I normally, so I normally start the outro, I start my outro screen, and my outro screen plays Tumbling Tumbleweeds. Yeah. And I look directly into the camera, and I start talking, talking to the folks, and I'm like, here's, I'm going to send you to this guy, but before you guys head over there, before I hit the button to send you over, these are the things that I'm doing throughout the week. Um, this is, like, I'm sending you over to this guy because this, and this is why I think he's important, or he's important to me because of this. And like, just send him, send him your love. Even like being in the room means something. It doesn't like if they're there for, for five minutes or like 30 seconds and they checked you out, like, I feel like that's enough. I don't like, I get the whole like hype it up, hype it up in chat. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) But like, I almost feel like that's personally <laughs> i feel i like when you do that and then that hype goes away it's like it's such a crush right it's like the wave came and it crashed literally like you you gave that guy like shots of heroin for 100 days and then one day you're like nah no 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 you're gone right is that that usually like, it is usually what happens like sometimes you get you get the good ones where it's like it's slowly like the people kind of like fall away or, yeah. Or but there's like five people that are there that are keeping it going. Whatever. Like, right. I can understand that. Yeah. And it's so, I won't say who it is because like 
because I don't want to seem ungrateful. (laughs) (laughs) But like I got hosted by like someone for like a thousand people, a thousand people came into my chat and I was on such a rush because I was like, holy shit. I saw that number and I was like, holy fuck, a thousand people. And like, so I like started like, I I acted like myself, but like extra myself when that happened. And I didn't pay attention to the numbers as they waned. They, I'm, I figure with a, a amount of people that large, they wane really heavily. Yeah. And but what I was left with were his trolls. <laughs> and so they started like, kind of talking to me like they would normally that streamer. And I was like, all right, guys, chill the fuck out. Like, that may be how you do things over there, but we don't necessarily do things that way here. Yeah. And that only that then like changes that entire dynamic of that rush into yeah. then a defensive mode. And it, it was it was a crazy thing. Like I'm super grateful that like that person saw me on and sent sent their folks my way. Yeah. But like so, sometimes energy energy can be weird with a raid or a host and it's not necessarily the person who like who sent its job like responsibility yeah. it's just in like the rating and hosting is such a weird thing i i, I talked to yeah I, I was talking about this on the other day on stream and i was kind of like it's it's so difficult there's not really a way to get discovered on twitch like there just isn't a not way. anymore not on Twitch. Like, it just it doesn't happen. There's so many people that are streaming. It's not like you can mm-hmm. just click on a random stream and be like, this person's dope saw, or this person sucks. Like, it's so bad. I saw, and, I saw a number on, on like, the, the Twitch Reddit the other day. Yeah. Where it's like, if you have 20 person per, like, on average, 20 people on average watching you, you're in the top 3%. It's, it's lower than that. It's lower than that? Yeah. That's it, crazy. It's, I'm, I'm pretty sure... It's like if you're even in like have fifteen like viewers like average, you're in the top one percent. Yeah, like that's Which insane. Is, but I mean, if you yeah. look at it, I don't know if what analytics that the, the, the what I'm looking off of came from Twinge. Um, I don't know okay. if that's just every single person on Twitch because literally every single person, if they make a username, they can stream off of it. So I don't know if it's right. that, if it's yeah. every single user or. I don't know if they... Or, or if it's anybody who hits the button. Yeah, or if anybody at any yeah. point in their time has hit the button. Because, I mean, there was times, you know, three years ago that I had streamed, but I wasn't... I would have never even considered right. myself a streamer at that point in time. Right, yeah. But uh, back into, like, getting discovered, like, Twitch does not have a good way to get discovered at all. No. And I was making this out, and this kind of comes back to the Raiden House. I was like, the only way you really can get discovered is if somebody hosts you... Yeah, and it's not necessarily a good thing that somebody hosts yeah. you. Now, most of the time, if if they're familiar with you, you're familiar with them. Like you're in their chat a lot. Maybe you're a mod of their chat, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. They know you. It, it usually goes off pretty well. But whenever yeah. you go from like, say somebody's got you know 500 viewers, and they're like, I've seen this guy's stuff on Twitter, or I know him, or I've played with him, whatever. I like him. I'm just gonna send him a host because. I know he would appreciate the viewers. He would appreciate the follows that he gets from it and whatnot. But that person's right. stream and personality and 
the atmosphere that is in that stream can be so much different than what goes into the next one. Right. That literally not a single person that goes over and actually goes in that host would care for that person. Not necessarily that they're bad or anything, but it could just be right. so much different. You could have, you know... It's just not the vibe they're looking for that day. You could have, like, say, some 37-year-old partnered streamer. He's got 400 viewers, and he's going and hosting some 19-year-old that he just mm-hmm. thought, like, was doing something super sick. And, like, his chat and their, like those chats just don't probably mix very well. Yeah. They just probably don't. Or even if you go to vice versa, the super young chat going to the older chat, like they just don't mix. So it's like even a host, like half the time people don't even get the host. Because I know as, you know, just sitting in there and being a mod of somebody's stream, like I go over and kind of post mod. Yeah. Like if, and see like if there's people that were, you know, banned in the prior channel or if there's just people that were like kind of, not doing things that they should have been doing, whatever, just to kind of see how things go. So I always go over if I'm in, in a stream that I'm a mod of and they host somebody, I always go over just to kind of see what happens. And sometimes like mm-hmm. I won't even get sent over. Like it won't act, like yeah. I will wait to see if the raid or the host thing sends me over. If not, I'll right. always click on the link and I'll see it. And like, sometimes it's like, I'm the only person that types in chat off, off of, you know, 50 plus people. And it's right. like, this is like this is literally the only way. Our the chance to get discovered or to even like this is and even this isn't even like a discover of seeing like thousands of people most of the time because even if it's a thousand people in a stream, how many people are actually there? But it's the chance yeah. that that one person with that many viewers picks you, and then those people actually get over there. Yeah, like it. It's kind of sad, and it's, I know it's a it's a Twitch problem. I don't know if Mixer has anything better than that, but like. I know. Yeah, I don't know. At like, least at least on the other social media platforms, there is some discoverability. Mm-hmm. Like on Twitter, you can have any Joe Blow can have a tweet go absolutely blow insane. Blow the fuck up. Yeah. You can do the same thing on YouTube. You can, it can, a, you can be nothing. You can make one video. I had one video that I posted on YouTube in like 2008. Yeah. It was a five second seven second video and it had 150,000 views wow one video seven seconds i think that there was 10 companies that asked me to to use it in some uh, in a bunch of different promotions now this was a long time ago when youtube was still pretty new but it's like one thing so like i don't know it just yeah, it hurts me with discoverability. It's kind of talking about numbers and hosts. It's just kind of a rant that I mm-hmm. went on to, but yeah, it's um, no, I understand. Like, because I've been there recently, yeah, <laughs> you know? and it's I. So, what I've been on the kick that I've been on lately, and it's not like it shouldn't be a kick. It should be like just something that you like take in. Is that pe- people have busy lives and they have time that they're able to allocate and sometimes people want to watch a movie people want to watch a television show people want to listen to music or a podcast um or sometimes they want to stop in and and check out like a streamer or like they have a friend who's a streamer or they made friends with somebody that they watched play a video game and they trust them with either because of either their information or their personality and it's all about 
it's all about you appreciating their time and making it worth their while to come and visit you. Yeah. And it's not, it's not about like a, a couple of years ago, there was like an article about like Twitch streamers, the new geishas. And it's like, <laughs> it's not that, <laughs> you know, uh... it's like, I, I feel like I met you through streaming. Yeah. I would consider us friends. Yeah. Like we don't, we don't talk a lot, but mm. like we've, the interactions that I've had with you have impacted me enough and have meant enough to me that I would, I would call you a friend over an acquaintance. Exactly. Same here. And so like, it's, it's about appreciating that over that person as a number. That, that's what it gets to. What, like, I guess people from the outside don't really see it. The, the people that come to your stream or the streams that you visit, like, those actually are your real fucking friends. Like, yeah. I mean, some more like, so than others. And sometimes you find out the ones true. you thought they were, it's going to be like real life. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. the ones you thought they were aren't, because, you know, everybody's right. got, you know, motives and stuff. And sometimes it's it's difficult. And I know people that, you know, you can't read body language whenever, you know, you're behind a television screen or a television screen. Yeah. When you're behind a monitor well, or, yeah. And that you was kind of like, yours, so like, but not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, not I may Twitch know you name as X41, like, you know. Yeah, I may know you as, 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 as Mitchy Buntcakes. Mitchy Buntcakes, 69. I may yeah. know you as Mitchy Buntcakes, 69. But I don't know that you're a CPA in your daily life. Yeah. And and I don't know that your name is like Kath, actually Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like so that last year when I went to Guardian Con, when when I met you initially, mm-hmm. uh, in real life was um, it was weird because like I had just joined Planet Destiny. It was I ha- I had lost my job prior. to to that summer um my community helped fund my trip there which is which is astounding which is fucking insane and i get down there and i mean i'm you're just you you know how it is at like any convention or any like situation like that you're just constantly barraged right yeah it's kind of sensory overload yeah and it reminded me a lot of my least favorite thing at like shows was like the merch table. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least like how I had that outlook at the time. I had a lot of people that I knew as friends and everything. And like, I enjoyed spending my time with them, but then I'd have people walk up that like, I didn't know at all, but maybe they'd see me on stream or something. Yeah. And they'd walk up and it felt kind of like those stilted conversations. You're kind of like, uh, uh, yeah and it's like i i don't know if i should if like do you want the 12 inch 12 inch <laughs> or like are you, do you want the cd we got shirts for sale like it, like i don't know i was i've just never been like good at that side of things but like there you're kind of like constantly barraged by like conversations and people and, and people like wanting of your time, but it's actually physical space now. Yeah. And like, you so I to, had a hard to time. smell them now. 
Yeah, exactly. And you, like your shoulder now smells like a conglomeration of all the deodorant or non-deodorant that they've worn that day. Or just the person and... that, you know, he, the person that lives in freaking Minnesota and is he's down in 90% immunity, 99 degree weather in Florida. Yeah. And he can't yeah, help he's it. Just, he's ready. <laughs> this, 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 this brings me back to... to um, that same Guardian Con, which was the first one that I'd been to, yeah. and the largest con that I've still been to, because I just haven't. There's none that are big around where I live. And, right. Um, the one thing that really caught me off guard, and I still, it actually still makes me smile to this day, because it's somebody that I had, I had only played with like once or twice before, mm-hmm. and I had no idea what he looked like, and it's somebody you and I both know, it's Jebby. Yeah. Um, and he came up no, to me yeah. and he's like, will you sign this poster? And I go, are you serious? <laughs> he's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm, at that point in time, like, I had like 400, 500 followers. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, yeah. dude. And yeah. I'm like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. And then I remember like, sign I hung it. out with him for like the whole rest of the night after that. Him and he's his great. now, and his now fiance. Him. And I'm like, this is so weird. But it's like awesome at the same time. Like still, like it was so yeah. nuts to me. And, but it still kind of, it almost made me feel like, I felt shameful for some reason. I don't know why. Like I It's did, your Midwestern upbringing. <laughs> yeah, like I felt shameful that this person was asking for my autograph. And I'm like, I have to sign, you know, this isn't my real name. I have to figure out really quick how to do this. Like, this is going on yeah. his poster that he paid money for. That he, There's other people's names that are actually, you know, do oh, really great stuff on here. Let me tell you something. Um, so, after joining Planet Destiny... Um, Moon had had talked with the DCP folks about having the Planet Destiny team that was there like be at the table mm-hmm. at the DCP table. Yeah. And so the first day, I think we had like like three three thirty to four or something like that. And not a lot of people knew who we were. Probably still don't for the most part, unless like you really follow Planet Destiny from like when it was the DCP folks to now. Yeah. Um, but people would just kind of walk up to the table and they're like, Oh, Hey, what do you do? It's <laughs> like, um, I do this. And like, this is who I am. And, uh, yeah. Do you want me like, what I, it was, it was just like, <laughs> kind of like putting on that, putting on that hoodie of just like over, over, um, confidence. Yeah. And, the like one kid brought up his scuff. He had just bought a scuff, right? And he wanted us to sign it. And I was like, "Well, shit, do I sign my real name?" <laughs> I was like, "Do I, do I put my like initials down, or do I like try to write Infinity out?" And I was like, "You know what? The problem solved. I'll just do the symbol that Rotting Jackal came up with for me. Yeah. Haven't practiced this in the past. Haven't practiced it since because it turned out so bad." <laughs> and I tried to do my symbol and I botched it. And <laughs> out there in the world, there's somebody with a scuff controller that they paid good hard earned money for with my shitty signature. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel so bad for them. <laughs> and I'm embarrassed. Just like I embarrass myself. Just like a sloppy infinite. Yeah. Just like it's some just, drunk it, guy trying to do I'll draw a it, tattoo on you. <laughs> It looks, it looks like, like the six-year-old in the back of the room. That's just like, look what I can do. Did did you sign it on a on a heavily trafficked piece of that controller? I hope so. 
<laughs> I don't I like I want to say it was like the inside of the right horn. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like so like hopefully their fucking their hands have just like greased all up on that and just erased any semblance of my Did you, do you happen to know like still who the person was or was it just somebody you don't I know? I have an idea? You have an idea. But I don't know. I have I have an idea. Okay. But I'm not 100% certain. I was just curious it if it was just some random guy and he person. was just like, there's a guy sitting yeah. at a table. I think he's important. I'm going to have him sign this. Yeah. Do you mind if I tell you like my favorite thing that I saw at that at that convention? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, So myself and let me see here. Molly Ann from Planet Destiny. We were both streaming to Planet Destiny at the time. I was on the podcast, but she was like mainly a streamer. Now she's a writer for the for the for the uh, blog. Mm-hmm. Um, we were hanging out with my buddy Jopa. Now Jopa had gotten in on a press pass, quote unquote, through um, through Stack Up, right? Yeah. Like the military, like they they give consoles to to um folks who are fighting in foreign wars and veterans and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a really good organization. And he was writing for them at the time. Well, guardian con didn't have a specific press pass necessarily. They gave him like a special, like a special person badge, which was the same badge that they gave to every partner. Okay. So Molly Ann and I are just talking to him and we're just having, we're, we're just having a conversation. It's a quick little five minute conversation. And this guy, he like he he's, comes from my right side, and I see him kind of like looking at Jopa, right? I see him looking at him, and I see him looking at his badge. Yeah, and he looks back up at Jopa, and I know the thought that was going through his head, and he was like, "Do I know this guy? Have I seen this guy before?" Yeah, he's got the badge. He's got the same badge that everybody else has. But have I seen this guy? He must be somebody important because he wouldn't have that badge. <laughs> And he kind of walks up and he interrupts like our conversation. He goes, can you sign this? <laughs> and like, like passes like. What was it to sign? I, I think it was like a little notebook. Okay. Like a little like maybe like $2 notebook that you get like Walmart or something. And Joe was like, yeah, sure. And like, because he's a great guy. <laughs> and like he signed it. And like. So that guy like takes it and he looks at it and he doesn't recognize the signature and he just kind of walks away. And I was like, how many times has that happened to you? Like this entire convention? Cause this was like day two and he's like, it's happened quite a bit. <laughs> I, I, that's what I wonder is this guy is like sitting there going like, I have no idea who this is, but he's I have no idea who this is, but he's got the white badge. He's got so a badge. I'm going to find somebody. Hold on. This I have an idea. Got a notepad in my backpack. I'm gonna get him to write a signature down, and then I'm gonna see who it is. Yeah. And then he can't. Really then, nice. then the signature's illegible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. But like, um, I don't know. Like, it was the convention was just so weird because like I got to meet so many people, and you had mentioned something about like not meeting your heroes. I am like kind of the poster boy for that. Yeah. I have always had a bad time meeting my heroes. 
and uh like i met i think i've told you about this but i met andrew bird once do you know mm-hmm. who he is the name sounds really familiar he's a whistling violinist okay and he was on like my morning jacket z he he like he has gone on to become an indie darling okay. and he is um like yeah he he's he he's a very talented dude and somebody that i looked up to for a very long time and we played in Cincinnati. We played at Midpoint Music Festival, which is a music festival where they take all sorts of shops, things that aren't supposed to be music venues, and they make them music venues. And this year they had a main stage in their new park. And the main stage, we opened on Friday mm-hmm. at 5.30, so nobody saw us because <sighs> everybody was getting off work. Yeah. And then it was a band called the Pomegranates, which were awesome. They were an awesome Cincy band. Yeah. Here we go magic, which was another indie like kind of like band at the time. And then Andrew Bird, he closed it out. And so we play the show, we watch him play. We we're parked behind the stage, which is about a lane and a half of traffic. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they barred that off from the street so that the artist could park directly behind the stage and load on. This was at the time that I was driving the Grand Marquis to the shows, and we parked directly behind the stage. We're coming back, and like, I I wasn't drunk, but I had had just enough to like work my courage up, right? Like to be like I I can meet anybody, and so I come out, and we're walking back to the car after seeing some buddies play play shows at, at midpoint, and. Andrew Bird is riding his little white bike in the park. And he stops over by this. um, He stops over by his trailer that is connected to his bus. Mm -hmm. And he's talking to his manager, who is his brother. His brother is his tour manager. And they're talking. And I walk up to him. Now, what I failed to mention prior is that he's famous for not liking to meet people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I had it, my intent was I was going to meet Andrew Bird, so I had worked up this guts and I walk up and I was like, I I, I go Mr. Bird and he looks over at me horrified, and uh. I reach out my hand, and he reaches out his, and like I'm shaking his hand and it's a limp fish, <laughs> like it's a sweaty limp fish on his end, and I'm just <laughs> shaking it. And I was like, it's such a pleasure to meet you. I love all your music and. Uh, <laughs> like all this word vomit just fell out of my face and and he looks appropriately afraid and then my bassist was with me because we were car buddies and he walked up and he shook he shook his hand as well because he's like it's only polite to meet Andrew Bird after yeah. like what Dan just did so he's like Andrew Bird nice to meet you I appreciate your music but so he needs to get into my car so that he can drive us home from Cincinnati yeah, it's a it's roughly a two hour drive to Indianapolis, and it's not it's not early. <laughs> I have locked the keys in my car. <laughs> Andrew Bird, after encountering both of us, has now raced onto the bus, and they are eagerly anticipating to leave. <laughs> uh, I can't move my car because my keys are in it, and. The bus driver comes out and is like, what's going on? And so we give him the situation. Yeah, it's okay. I've, driven, I've, I've done the same thing. Don't you worry. It's okay. 
old <laughs> professional. And so we end up calling like a guy to come and like a locksmith. It's not going to be there for another like hour and a half. Turns out two and a half hours at the end of the story. Ouch. And then, uh, but the Andrew Bird's bus then has to thread the needle around my car in this lane and a half wide thing of traffic to get out. <laughs> and so I'm just horrified the entire time. I'm like, I met, I met a hero of mine and it didn't turn out great. Yeah. So now every interaction I have with, with somebody that I looked up to, or maybe that is like a peer. Um, I was super nervous when I met Jay Sniperton. Uh, damn it to hell. I was nervous meeting him too. You were nervous to meet Jay. I was nervous. Yeah. That was like, the, like, it was like the most casual meeting when I met him there. Like Laura, it was in the, it was in the hotel lobby and I'm like, yes. Hey, I'm Peter Pumpkins. He said, I know who you are. And like, we hugged each other yeah. and that was it. <laughs> or anybody. I met Briar Rabbit and I said, I'm Dan Finity. He goes, I know who you are. I was like, fuck what? Like how? Like I didn't, what? And was, so like, it was a whole thing where like, I'm just bad at it. I'm bad at meeting people <laughs> that I look up to. And so I've, I've gotten better with it over time. I feel I could be absolutely wrong next year. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll all find out together, I guess. All I learned was that if I wanted to meet somebody that I liked at that guardian con, that to give somebody else my phone to take a picture, if I wanted to take a picture, because for every single, yeah. every single selfie that I took, yeah, I took. I for some reason, you know, most people pick their phone up when they take a selfie because it's yeah. better lighting. You look thinner. I was pointing yeah. my phone down. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, and you had the double chin rolling. Oh and yeah. It was, like, it was dark on your forehead. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember. So here's uh, like T Rex had a little tiny like meet and greet and like he just kind of like I'm just gonna yeah. stand by here and see who says. So I went up to him. One of my friends that actually introduced me to Destiny and to Twitch really liked t-rex well he right. did because he's uh, my buddy panda that passed away but i I, oh, okay. I recorded a video and i said hey panda introduced me to you and and all this stuff and he's like oh i know who that i remember i know who that name is like i see him all the time he's been around for a while yeah so i recorded a little thing of him saying hi to hi to panda he's like i wish you would have picked the phone up though. <laughs> so I got really <laughs> self-conscious after that so oh my god i made sure so, that nobody i never i didn't take any other selfies somebody else took a picture with me the second year of Guardian, or the second day of Guardian Con last year, I was so hungover because everybody just kept feeding me beer that first night. Mm-hmm. Um, that like I just felt like dog shit that that entire like first maybe hour and a half of the day. And Travis and Schaefer, like some buddies of mine who are in my clan current meta, they were like, "Well, Cosmo and DMG are over there. They're taking photos with people. And I'd like to meet them and like." You know, get to tell them that I appreciate what they do. And like, so I was like, okay, I don't really feel like meeting them because I'm not in my best state right now. And they were like, come on, like, just come on. And so I was like, all right, fine. So I went, they met them without a hitch. It was fine. I still stake that if I never do any, anything at Bungie, if I never get invited to Bungie, it's because of this interaction. <laughs> um, like, I just went up there. And I shook Cosmo and D- Dylan's hand. I was like, thank you guys for the work that you do on Destiny. I work at Planet Destiny. Uh, I, I just started working with Planet Destiny and, and would love to have you like on the show sometime. 
and they're like do you want to have a oh that's rad cool do you want to like take a picture with us and i was like <laughs> no i'm good <laughs> and like meanwhile like as soon as they said no like the look on their face of this like what the fuck is this guy in line for <laughs> like, like, went over the face or maybe i'm projecting that i don't know but it's like the whole thing so they're like this guy could have just fucking sent us a dm on twitter to... he could have sent us a dm on twitter yeah, we would have respected yeah. him a lot more yeah, we probably wouldn't have ever seen it or responded but like right know. but you know at least we would have seen at least we would have he would have had some semblance of pride or whatever <laughs> so yeah anyway it was, it was a whole thing but yeah so i don't know it's it's just weird you just gotta just be yourself just be yourself enjoy your time those and things whenever i i've learned that you know you always think it's really really cheesy when you're younger and they tell you if you get really angry or if you get really anxious or anything you just breathe yeah, I never really it's... like thought I like took it seriously, and it, it, it mm -hmm. didn't it didn't really like click for me until I saw yeah. this Buddhist monk saying, "You can meditate any time of the day. All you gotta do is just you know mindfully breathe." And I'm like, this asshole, yeah. like just like all these other people have been saying this this whole yeah. time, and I'm like, oh, I but it had to come your mind open. It had to come from a Buddhist monk. <laughs> For me to realize that, like, I can, that is actually, like, so true. Like, I, it seriously, like, it helps me with, like, anxiety, like, just, like, on yeah. the spot anxiety, like, it's, like, slowed down so much. Like, there's been so many times, like, at work, like, there's a specific person that just really bothers me. And every time I just kind of, like, turn mm -hmm. away, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. You know? For me, it's when, like, OBS. OBS was crashing a lot before I got the new graphics card. And like the first few times I got fucking like I was like a five year old. Yeah. And like the like the more I think about it, it's like, Dan, what do you do in every other situation where it's like this? Like you normally like try to parse it out and do the order of operations. So just relax, take your time. You're on nobody's dime but your own. And like it's that that really helps me kind of like clear my head. Oh, also, I, I just said my name in the third person. I feel real weird about it. It's okay. You probably talk to yourself in third person in your head anyway. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> the, the, the PC problems. It, you get everything fixed and there's one yeah. update somewhere one that has something hidden in it that changes something that ruins everything one thing and you're just like i just got it working smoothly like three days ago dear god yeah. well that's um i think that's all i have for the pump pod today okay uh, dan thanks for agreeing to come this was really fun and i learned a lot dude I, I i love and appreciate you and thank you so much for asking me to be on the show i feel honored to be like in the first 10 yeah, you not are. as honored as I'd be to be like in the top five. You I mean, are, like, you are the number one. seven, which is Bungie's favorite like, number. Yeah. Yo, oh, 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 yeah, uh huh, mm hmm. That's the thing. Still won't be invited. I guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Dan. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. <laughs>